Some of the topics in this episode are graphic in nature and may be disturbing to some listeners, especially children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of the Hollywood Vigilante podcast. Now, I just want for the record to be clear, I'm not technically a vigilante because I do all my work in conjunction with law enforcement. And speaking of law enforcement, I have, you know, a very shy, very introverted, quiet, calm sheriff (laughs) that I've had the pleasure of going undercover with. Please welcome Sheriff Chris Swanson from Flint, Michigan. I think you're a vigilante in my own world because <laughs> you are truly a freedom fighter. And I have been looking forward to this this episode mm. to get a message out. I, I love having this exchange. We are we're like minded. So let's get right to Thank it. You. Thank yeah. you. I want at first I want to tell people yeah. how we met. Yes. Yes. So I got asked to go out to Long Beach mm-hmm. to speak on my friend's organization. Yep. And as I was speaking, we showed the clip of going undercover uh-huh. that I did in California. Right. Right. I always have to be careful of like what I can say, what I can't say. You played a role. I played a role. Fascinating role. And I knew that you were in the audience. Yes. And I was like, wait, there's a sheriff in the audience. Yes. And I was like, I need to find him. And so (laughs) after we showed the footage, I was like, where is he? Where is he? And I'm like, I need to talk to you. You did exactly that. Exactly. I was just going to say, I was just like, (laughs) hi, my name is Chris. Like, I need to talk to you. Thinking. Wow. That's I right. like it. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly how it happened. I'm always looking for people that yeah. are willing to take a chance because mm-hmm. I'm an actress that are willing to take me, you know, take a yeah. chance and let me, let me work with them. And, mm-hmm. and, and you were just like, come, can Let's you come and do the same thing with us? Yes. And a year later. You did. We did. It was mm-hmm. great. <laughs> I saw it live. You saw it. Yes, you did. I did. Yes, you did. Yeah. In Flint, so, Michigan. In Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Now, how long have you been the sheriff and how long have you been law enforcement in Flint? It sounds crazy because like yeah. in my head, I feel like I'm like 22. Right. But uh, I'm actually starting my 30th year Shut this up. June. Really? Yes. I got hired in June 2nd, 1993. Wow. And uh, so I'm just closing up my 29th year. And uh, I've been the sheriff going on three years, mm-hmm. but I've worked the whole gamut and um, third generation police. My dad was Detroit police oh, wow. and my grandpa was Detroit police. And I just, I just love it. It's, it's a calling just like any other yeah. profession. I understand. First thing I'd like you to talk about is what is the situation with trafficking, at least in Flint, Michigan or in, in Michigan. Let's talk about yeah. Michigan in general. Well, I think for the people listening and watching, you yeah. have to realize that if you are getting this message right. on a platform, you have human trafficking in your town. Like right. it's wherever the internet is. Exactly. That that is the platform that predators use mm-hmm. to groom, to to take, mm-hmm. to sell, to buy. I mean, that's the platform. And right. so Flint and Michigan is, is nothing that uh, no other city or state is experiencing. Uh, anything different. Right. And just like I learned from a trip coming back from Haiti doing an international operation in 2018, yeah. before I even met you, yeah. I'm like, if it's happening in Haiti, then it's got to be happening in my jurisdiction. And so it's there, it's everywhere. Everybody who's listening to this, yep. it's happening. So no one is immune. It's a great way of putting it, like wherever there's an internet. That's right. Because people are always amazed, like, wait, wait you mean it's in my town? Exactly. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. they think it's prostitution. I know. That's actually a whole thing. Of, yeah. That's bad enough itself. Yeah. But moving people for for the for sex as a trade, that's mm-hmm. trafficking. That's a whole different, yeah, whole different yeah. ball of wax. Yeah. Um, okay, so in 2018, you were telling me you had this team. Yeah. You call it the ghost team. Yes. Can you explain to us what the ghost team is? So the ghost team is really cool. In yeah. fact, I have a little treat for you here. I oh, got really? two things, yes. Okay. 
I so, love presents. So here's the thing is, <laughs> is uh, part of my, my background is I'm also, uh, I've been involved in business my whole life. Mm-hmm. I, I bought my first horse when I was eight years old oh, wow. because my sister got a goldfish and I told my dad I wanted a horse and he's like, save up for it. So I hustled, paid cash for Molly, what? $190. Yes. So I've always hustled. I know how to build businesses and sell businesses. Oh, do amazing. That, right? Okay. So if you got something good, yeah. then brand it and right. show other people how to do it. Right? Right. So I knew coming back from Haiti that we wanted to build a team, a concept team. And in police work and government, if you go the same route and tell people what you want to do and then ask for money, nine times out of 10, it's not going to happen. Right. So I'm like, how about this? How about we take the talent we have and we go do it, we get the results, then we ask for money right. and it worked. Yes. But part of that whole branding is we got to come up with something cool. And uh, I got the team together and a guy named Andy Snyder came up with Ghost. Genesee Human Oppression Strike Team. Now, Genesee I, is the Genesee County yes, where you work, just yes, so they understand. Yes, yes. And there's two Genesee counties, actually. One in New York and oh. then one in Michigan. Okay. And I'm from Genesee County in Michigan. Okay. Uh, fun fact, because the people from New York settled there, and they named it the same county they came oh. from. You like that? And so <laughs> we were established, and uh, we got the team together, and then... A guy named Dobbs, who, uh, he's like, I said, I want a great logo. I want something that when people see that they're going to like, I know what that stands for. So we took Ghost and we acronymed it out and we made it a really cool block. And then we actually added the logo. And that was before we did our first operation. Oh, wow. We did our first operation May of 2018. So anyhow, this is our ghost keychain that we give to everybody. Mm. And it's on uh, military grade yeah, uh, material. And then this is our ghost coin. And that's the actual logo. Isn't that bad of the bone? So great. Yeah. I love that you came up with the logo and the name and the symbol first. Yeah. Then you went and did it. You know it's why? Because here's why, here's why I look at it's it. badass. And I have heard this. I've heard that, and tell me the truth, in film. Yeah. People that that come up with an idea, they actually come up with the end of the movie first, and then they build the plot out. Is there truth to that? I think every every writer has their own technique. It yeah. just depends. It's not a there's not a universal. Do they start with a title? Start with a concept. Okay, so an idea. So I wrote I wrote three books. The first book I wrote, Tim and Iron Man. I I knew the title of the book and I knew the chapters before I wrote the chapters out. Okay. So I knew in Ghost, I knew what the end result was going to be. We were going to be a successful concept team. We're going to do rescues. We're going to educate. We're going to make aware. We're going to enforce. We're also going to do undercover operations, and we're going to help with aftercare. So I knew that was the end. Yeah. And so I figured if we do the branding and we do the yeah. actual, just like, you know, picking the store name before you even open the doors. Yeah, you work backwards. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. We did our first rescue operation in 2018. And uh, can I tell you about that? Yeah. What we did is we identified the age group that is most at risk. So it's 17 and under. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I came back from Haiti. I did another operation in Mexico. So I knew in my head yeah. what it could do. But I'm talking to a whole group of sergeants, lieutenants, and captains that that are just like, we don't understand this. Like, you got to help me. And I said, we're going to do this. Walk them out, see them out. Walk them out, see them out. Used our resources, probate courts. Every county has them. Our schools. We used all the places that deal with those troubled kids. The biggest group that is probably the most at risk at risk group. Yeah, yeah. And we had 74 kids under the age of 17 where nobody knew where they were. They didn't wow. know where their addresses were. They did nothing. So we put a, a concept team together with other law enforcement. We made packets. And in one day from eight to five, we put three people team together with a uniform officer and we dispersed into the community and we had packets. We said, go find these kids, interview them, see if they're in trouble, get last known addresses, talk to the neighbors, do an investigation. And if somebody's being abused or sexually assaulted or trafficked, we'll find them. Okay. The last kid, it was one of mine. It was it was a girl who was 15 years old. She was living in a bathroom, sleeping in a tub. Her boyfriend slash pimp right. smashed a toaster and a microwave over her face, and he was pimping her out every day. As soon as we did that, 
as soon as the team saw what it was, yeah. it clicked. We've got human trafficking. Because a lot of it is people have to believe it's real. Right. And from that moment, Marisol, we started our undercover operation. We wanted to do what you did best. We had to get a decoy. We had to get chatters. We set up at a hotel. And my goal was to get one. And the first day, we got six. And since then, in 2018, we have arrested 154 predators. We had a 100% confession rate, 100% conviction rate, 100% trial rate. We've never lost a case. We've never lost a Walker hearing, a, a probation. We've never lost a single thing because we do it right. Isn't that awesome? That's crime fighting. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yes. When you told me of 100%, 100%. Yes. conviction rate. We've never like, lost a case. Like, just so, like, that's unheard of. Right. In law enforcement, at least in my limited knowledge right. of different right. law enforcement, you know, no, entities right. that I've worked yes. with, that's yes. unheard of. Right. That's amazing. But that's not just because we put good cases together is I don't go after junk. Like, right. I don't try to force feed. There's enough things out there that I don't want to screw up a case because think of I have a predator on the line and I do something to hurt that case and they're not held accountable. Right. That's 25 future victims that I just let get assaulted. Right. Like, we know in advance... This is, it's an algorithm. This is how we put these cases together. Mm -hmm. We have professional chatters. We have professional. And I'm going to tell you, yeah. a lot of us that watched you at that app we did, and yeah. it was a, uh, it was just a, a strip motel and it was a one story. And, and you know, remember they had those rooms and they would want proof of life. Yeah. And that's when our chatters and our decoys were just coming into it. Yeah. And, and you brought that experience to them and you showed them how to change your voice. You showed them how to do that. So to say that you work with law enforcement, you actually are law enforcement. I'm telling you that, not because it's on your show, but you don't need to be sworn in to be a cop. You don't need to be sworn in to be a freedom fighter or somebody who is there to protect. We saw that day when you flipped into that 14-year-old little girl, and that's what got the guy. And that really helped us be who we are today. And I'm being dead serious. You make me cry. Serious. Hold on. <laughs> First of all, thank you. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Now, what I want to do is I want to tell them, I want to walk them through, mm -hmm. because you're using words like decoy and chatter and yeah. this and that and yeah. that, and our audience doesn't know what Got that it. means. Right. So let's walk them through, like, back then when we were, when you yeah. and I did our back page was still on. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So let's, let's start with yeah. there, and then we're going to go to the apps yeah. and how Good. it is now. But, but with a backpage.com, with a Craigslist, yeah. how would you set up one of these sting ops, particularly the one, one of the ones that we've done together? So you mentioned Backpage and Craigslist. They were like the pioneers of total predator landscape. I mean, that's where they all went to Joe and buy people. Right. So, but, so people understand this is Craigslist and Backpage.com. This is where you sell washers and dryers. That's right. It's where you sell cars. Yeah. And it's where you sold kids. That 100%. You could literally, we used to go on Craigslist yeah. back in 2018, and you could literally pick how to buy a tricycle, go one column over and buy a human being. Right. Those are gone. And, right. and, and you'd think, oh, that's great. We made great progress. That was before apps even came about because yeah. web-based is where you'd have to go, www.blank. Now it's all app-based. And there are hundreds of apps. I know. And so it's not just web-based. I mean, we use Skip the Gains. We use other things. But now we're using Kick and Grinder and Tinder. And we're using Whisper. And we're using all these apps. And as, as many as I'm saying now, when I this know. show airs, there's going to be 200 more. I know. Because it's any foundation where two people can talk. Right. It's it's on Call of Duty. It's on Roblox. It's on, uh, you know, it's on Minecraft. It's on yeah. anything where two people can communicate. And predators are always putting it out there. That's all they think about. Yeah. That's I, all they I, do. I know that COVID was a field day. hundred percent. A field day for them. Yes. Because all these kids were at home. I got a great story for that. Tell me. 
So this is a 13-year-old boy that this just happened in the fall of 2021. Good kid. In September of 2021, he gets through Snapchat a message sent with an avatar. And this purple avatar character is really engaging. It's really fun looking. So he starts communicating. And, and you know, Snapchat, when you read someone's background and their bio and their conversations, I can know everything about you. Right. Plus, if the location is not turned off, I know exactly where you live. Right. I know where you go to school. Yep. I know what time you get up. I know when you move. I know everything. So this 13-year-old little boy had no idea. So he starts talking with this individual. September, October, November. This guy becomes more aggressive, more aggressive. He would say in our, you know, found out later, of course, hey, I saw you in school today and would name the school. Kid never told him where you went to school. Right. Hey, I went over there. Hey, you know, you have that bridge behind your house. So what's happening is he's building this, this foundation he's building and he used three different avenues to try to lure him in. Number one, money. He said, hey, listen, I'm an online gambler. Would you like to make some money? What 13 year old would want to make some money? Right. He goes, hey, listen, I know that you game. There's a mall about an hour away. I have some some Venmo money. I can send you some money. I can meet you down there and play some games. He doesn't know what this right. guy looks like. And, and, and how old was he saying the predator? How old was he saying Never he even was? brought up because the 13-year-old thought it was, was right, somebody Right, because he's age. chatting like exactly. a kid. Exactly. Like misspelling words right. and using these little terms. Exactly. Go ahead. And, and uh, the third is I, uh, I want to be your friend. I know that you don't have a lot of friends. I'm here to protect you. If you have bullies at school. I see you have a girlfriend. Would you like me to teach you how to love a girlfriend physically? Hey, I can show you how to have oral sex with a girlfriend. I can show you how to receive it. I can do all that. Simon Royal is going to save him. Right. That was his name on Snapchat. November hits. This 13-year-old gets in trouble by his mother, and she suspends him and takes his phone. Has no idea this has been going on for 90 days. Takes his phone. This boy's asleep. Plugs it in. As soon as she plugs it in, it pops up. Simon Royal sends a message. She looks and she goes back and she sees this grooming. This guy has done 18 years in prison. He's a convicted sex offender. She brings the phone the next day. She gets a hold of one of our ghost operators. We do a detail. We order this guy up. This what does kid, that mean, detail? What is order so that we, guy up? So we put the team together. It's just like if, uh, if you were to say, hey, listen, there's an accident at the corner right outside our studio. You've got a couple people injured. you got one uh, one deceased. You'd bring the team of accident investigators together. So it's it's a detail of people that are experts in that particular field. Thank you. In this case, we brought our ghost detail together, and we took that phone, and we convinced through one of our chatters that you worked with, you're going to call this guy up for the first time, and you're going to talk to him. Because mm. that proof of life to these people that want to fantasize, yeah. that's like, that's like juice to them, right? Yeah. And this little kid grabbed the phone. He's like, hi, very innocent. And this dude just bit. Yeah. He says, listen, I can be there in 20 minutes. And I'm telling you, he was there in 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. He pulled up in front of the house. He's talking, texting, saying, hey, why don't you come out? Come down a couple blocks because I don't want people to see because he was know what he was doing. This guy was like, I've been grooming this kid for 90 days. I'm getting him. Right. And then we swarmed him we back into one of our cars. We took him out and arrested him. And, and Michael Green is going to prison for decades. In his interview, we have all his phone, and this these are what we call spinoffs. So when you do an investigation, right, right, right. and it spins but, but, but off to another explain, one, explain, yeah, sorry. because you find some evidence. In these cases, people are going to have their phones there, and a lot of these child predators have child pornography, yep. and sometimes they trade, sometimes they manufacture, sometimes they distribute, and right. all those are different charges. This dude had porn on there. He had little kid porn on there, and uh, during his interview, he'd been chatting, ready for this? Just since September, he'd been chatting over 100 people, just like this 13-year-old, because they're just fishing. That's all they're doing. I say all that to say, your original questions, 
that's what Ghost has started from, and that's where we are now. And we have done operations. There's 83 counties in the state of Michigan. We've done operations in 35 counties in the state, showing other sheriffs how to do it. Right, I love we have that. worked with our friends in Las Vegas. They're working with us. We have worked with people all over the country because there shouldn't be a sheriff's office in the country that doesn't have a human trafficking concept team in place. Now explain, right? Explain why you're working with all these other lawyers because yeah. people just assume well, the law enforcement, yeah. shouldn't they go get them? Yeah. Like, why aren't they going doing it? I always explain to them, I'm like, the same guys that you called to like, because you got into an accident, the same guys if someone broke yes. into your house, and the same guys if you got into your neighbors are making noise, are the same guys you expect to go do these trafficking right. things. And not all of them know, mm -hmm. A, that this even exists right. in, their, in their jurisdiction, or B, what to do about it. So can you explain why that is? Because it's, it's hard for yeah. the layperson to understand that. That's a great question because law enforcement, I, I'm going to tell you, there's four layers. There's the federal law enforcement, Secret Service, FBI, DEA, ATF. Then there's state law enforcement, state police, highway patrol, whatever you have in your state. Then there's county enforcement. Mm -hmm. That's sheriffs. Sure. Then there's local enforcement, cities. Right. And then you have smaller enforcements, townships and villages. And it's all based on jurisdictions. As you go up the tree, I'm going to be very honest because these are my people. Yeah. There's a lot of folks in leadership in law enforcement that choose not to do this because they don't know how, right. they don't have the money, or they just don't want to. Just like in any field, there are lazy folks that have the ability to do something, but they don't want to do something different than what they're already doing because it costs too much. Listen, I, I've had a lot of sleepless nights and we've right. had to go above and beyond. And I'm not trying to be a martyr, but You've got to know in advance, if you're going to do something, you've got to give a pound of flesh. Right. In all those jurisdictions, there's two types of policing. Reactive, which is 99% of what we do. Right. You got a problem, you call what? 911. That's reactive policing. The problem's already there. The, the injury's already there. Yep. The, the death is already done. Reactive is different than proactive. This is where good policing comes in. Right. Like, how about we stop these people before they hurt somebody. How about we go and we find dope dealers before they give the heroin to somebody, they give the opiate, then they have overdoses, then you're making another death notification. How about we stop people from breaking the law by being proactive? And that's the difference. And, and I can tell you, in my world, you have people, and we've seen this most recently, I think certainly the pendulum has swung back. You got people that are making single decisions that affect law enforcement across the nation. And, and that's not who we are, right. but it's our job to show the country why they need to support the police. It, it's not, an, it's not a, a mandated. So when you do proactive things, you know, like the county that we're in right now, Grady Judd does a lot of proactive policing. I don't know who that is. He's the sheriff of Polk County. Thank you. And he's very popular on social media as I am on, on my social media because we do things and we push that message out there to say, hey, this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's why I broadcast every detail we do at the right time. Mm -hmm. We put the pictures up there. I don't demonize them. I don't make right. them monsters. I say, this is who this person is. This is where they work. This I is love that. Can I just, yeah. I want to stop on that because my biggest thing was, especially in California. So if you get caught, you know, let's say a girl gets rescued, right? Police mm -hmm. come in, they rescue a girl. Yeah. And then the guy who paid the money to yes. rape the girl. Who's just as much of a predator as the one who's selling the girl. hundred yeah. percent gets to go to trafficking school. Oh. Now, people don't know what that, that is. Mm -hmm. That is literally a school like yeah. a fix-it ticket. Yeah. And it's anonymous. So this guy went out, spent, I don't know, 50 bucks for 20 minutes with a 15-year-old. Yeah. 
gets arrested, right? Has paid to rape the girl. And then it's anonymous. Right. And the one thing I loved about working, and it's wiped from their record, by the way, if they go to the trafficking school. So their wife doesn't need to know. Their boss doesn't. No one needs to know. Yeah. And it's all about protecting them, which makes Mm -hmm. no sense. Right. And since day one, I was like, why don't we put the men that are buying these children up on billboards in their home county? 100%. And so what you guys did, which I loved, (laughs) I mean, I loved, is you guys published. Yes. You published the names and the pictures of the men who were paying to come have sex with the 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old girl. That, my friend, yeah. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Let, let me tell you why we're going to continue that, because I can tell you specific cases where we put that picture up and a victim who's been victimized years before, mm-hmm. who never, ever said a thing, who was always scared that that person would come back after him, sees that and they have the courage to come forth and have a voice. And they have called us, Marisol. We had we had a guy, he was a Flint City officer. He was a canine officer. He raped his stepdaughter. And when I put his picture up there, now I had just did a story with him before we did our investigation, a canine story. I mean, he worked across the street from us. He's a cop, right? Cops do no wrong, right? Well, this guy is a predator. He's a baby raper, right? Mm. So as soon as I found out what he did, we had all hands on deck. We arrested this dude right out of his house, blah, blah, blah. Put his picture up there. And I know this cat. I don't care. Right. You're not who I, I am. I love that. Yeah. I You're not who that. I am. The daughter's friend who lived right next door and their parents were friends with this guy right. and they move. When she saw this victim come forward and this guy be held accountable, she came forward. When she came forward, the other neighbor, three victims. I believe it. Came forward because they saw this person be held accountable. So that's why we do it. That's right. You know, criminal sexual conduct is the only crime in America that after you do your repentance, you still have to register as a sex offender. It's the only right. crime that you have to be identified with, right. either 25 or life. Right. And when you when you see that, it's because it's a psychological thing. So these guys that you're talking about right. in California, yeah. what they're doing is is they're, they're separating the oats to say they're not the predators. They're just the customers. They're the consumers. They're just as bad as the predators because ex- they're the customer base. 100 percent. What people yes. don't understand, it's like if you didn't have customers, yes, you wouldn't have you an industry. wouldn't have trafficking. Right. If nobody is, watched your films, you right. wouldn't be an actress very long. Just from a business yes. point of view, it's supply and demand. Right. So you've minimized the role of the predator who's actually paying money to have sex with an underage person who by law doesn't even have the ability to consent for sex. Right. Even if that young girl, young boy says, listen, I want to make some money. I'm 14. You can't. Right. Like you can't do that. Right. That's the problem is, is, and I, I'd love to say for the people that are doing this, oh, it's not important to you because it's not your daughter. But if your uncle came over and raped your 15-year-old on Christmas Eve, now you'd call the police and say, my brother, my uncle just raped my kid. I want a full investigation. See, we can never in law enforcement, we can never in society forget the victims. Just because it's not you and it's not your family, it's still someone's family. It's someone's and it's still daughter. a human being. That's always, I was yes. going to say, this is someone's daughter. Or son. It may not be yours. That's right. But it's someone's kid. Right, right. So there's this one story that you told me that you did with the ghost team where you rescued a pregnant girl. Do you remember yeah. this story? Mm-hmm. Can you can you tell that story? But yeah. Tell it in a way so that our listeners do, don't understand the police lingo. Yeah, I know. Can it. understand. So when I, yeah. like you asked me about chatters. Chatters are law enforcement members of our agency or any agencies, and they go online and they strike up conversations. They post ad and uh, somebody responds to it and they take them offline and they text chat. That's a chatter. Somebody who wants proof of life, we need a decoy. 
And many so times, when they say proof of life, just so our yeah. people understand. So you've got basically what you've got is you've got an ad, yeah. right? So let's yep. say it's a piece of paper yes. or whatever, and it's on an app. Yes. And it says, oh, I'm a 12-year-old girl. Uh, you know, he runs her by the hour, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And now it's just chatter. So it's people yeah. typing. So then what happens just for our audience is that the predator who wants to buy the girl yes. is like, well, prove to me yes. that there's actually a live girl there. Yeah. Or, or boy, yes, and that's called proof of life. So 100%. I just wanted to explain that to our audience. And they'll go even Continue. further. They'll say, hold up three fingers in front of the TV. Right. So you've got to go there and hold up three fingers so they know it's not a stock ad. That's right. You know, They'll say, hey, uh, let me see your toes. Right. So we'll put our, our decoys toes in the sink, Yep. and we'll put some soap on there and take pictures and send them. Yep. And what we do is, just like any other, I talked about that Snapchat where Simon Royal reached out. Yeah. When you snap a photo, I can actually go in and find out latitude and longitude where that photo was taken mm. and when it was taken. They have the same, as good they as we are. Same. Yes. They have the same. As good I as remember, we are. I remember teaching um, one of your girls, one of your one of your chatters, and we de-aged her. Yeah. If you, just from Facetune. Yeah. Like, they, they don't know what just, DH just, is. So we took a girl yeah. who's a chatter and yeah. one of the guys, one of the, yeah. one of the predators was yeah. like, okay, we'll send a picture of yourself. Yes. Well, she's, you know, in her forties. Yeah. Yeah. So I showed her how to do on an app on her yes. own phone, yes. how to make herself and age her down to yes. a 15 year old. Yes. Cause Facetune has that special thing. You can age up or age down. Correct. And I remember we, we used that. So that's what they mean. It's very good that they ask like for yes. three fingers and you can do that. You can do that. So they know that it's not just a, a static picture, right? but there's a real person there. And think about the mindset of a predator. Like I did a town hall and we actually played audios of predators. We, we read the chats. Oh, did you? Great. Yeah. Good. You have dudes that are dropping off their kids at babysitters to come rape kids okay. at the same age. Like how do you switch from dad to freak, you know? And that whole thing right there is because yeah. you need all those platforms. You need people that understand it. And when we do our operations, we look for things. So one of our undercovers saw in an app, an advertisement, because sometimes you do reverse reverses. Sometimes we'll actually become the predators and order up people if we think they're being trafficked. Yes. So sometimes we're the, the actual 15, 14, 30 year olds. Sometimes you order them up to see if they're being trafficked. In this case, that's what it was. There's a picture that was taken in front of a mirror and it was a full nude. And one of our operators noticed there were three little fingers grabbing something on the corner of the picture and they were baby fingers. So we're like, what? Now I know from personal experience, it's not uncommon that predators pregnate their victims. Right. So they have this now connection. You have my baby, you gotta stay with me. So they, 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 you know, they get them pregnant and then um, sometimes you got little kids involved and it's just a whole crazy thing. Yeah. And there's more money if you actually sell a pregnant girl. Did you know this? There's more no, money being, yes, that I didn't yes. know. Wait, what? Yeah, it's a fetish for people to have sex with a pregnant young person, so they increase the money. That's so. It's all these different. It's like anything else. I never. The, the more exotic. I it need is, to not I be know, surprised. I know. It, it, I know. It always amazes. I know. You know. I mean, you can go online. You can see all the fetishes all listed out. You know, all these different things. The people need right now that are listening, watching this, they need to realize that this is real stuff. It's real talk. We don't need to be crude, but it's out there. Yeah. And the people that are doing this. You, you got to be out there aggressive. And those three little fingers that we saw, yeah. we ordered her up. And what we found is she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we got there, we realized it was right when COVID first started. She got she lost her job at Tropical Smoothie Cafe because everything shut down. Mm -hmm. She was living in a motel because she was COVID positive. The little hands were her own little kid. Right. She was giving them Benadryl Ooh. to knock them out while she sold herself Ooh. to the guys to come because she had nothing. Right. Now, that's vile to people that have everything. Right. But as soon as we went in there and we ordered her up and we made the arrest, we 
immediately turned into how do we help her. how do we go and help her right like why victimize a victim who probably didn't say in ninth grade i can't wait to go be a prostitute and sell myself for 25 bucks right. like that's not her goal but when we saw that we have a little kid literally two beds she's having sex on this bed with her customers right. little benadryl babies right here as soon as we hit the door we're like that's it you're not living here and we're able to turn that whole thing around so you got to learn how to pivot in this business because the the predator sex slave slash deviant lifestyle is different in every single case it's never the same it's the craziest thing ever. So speaking of crazy stories, you've done, how many operations have you done now? Oh my gosh. I, I would say we're probably tapping on, yeah, triple digits. Okay. But it's been over a period of three and a half years all over the country though. Okay. Yeah. So with all of those, this world gets so insane. Yeah. And you, you're amazed at how dark and weird or absolutely insane it gets. Mm -hmm. But what's one of the craziest things that sticks in your mind that you've seen? I will tell you, uh, and I'll keep it PG-13. We had a vice president of a huge bank, not a president of a branch of the bank. Mm -hmm. And he groomed our chatter for three weeks until she was on her period because he wanted to have sex with her when she was on her period at 13 years old. Grandfather, father, VP oh. of a bank. That yeah. was the kind of mentality. And his wife just went up north to Northern Michigan. And when we said that we were at this particular location, he had been circling the area. He didn't even know what hotel we were at, he'd been circling the area like a, like a, right. like a hawk. And as soon as we gave him the address and the number, he, boom, he was right there. Mm. That was the reality of what does the predator look like? All of us. I mean, even obviously we don't have as many females, but we had uh, a boyfriend and girlfriend couple. Uh, one of our first cases, this guy, we got on our operation and he came to have sex with a young teen. We got his phone. We saw that there was a conversation he had with his girlfriend he had a two-year-old, she had a six-month-old, and she was allowing him to have oral sex with her two-month-old so he could come over and be her boyfriend. Like, that's twisted. Right. They're both in prison now. Good. We, uh, we have these stories, when you look at the chats and you look at people's backgrounds, I mean, you know, yeah, there's people that are unemployed, there's people that work no, in you know, I, car factories, but they work, like, these are professional people. No. We've arrested police officers, firefighters. The military. I remember on our op, we arrested one of the guys who does all the financing for the Catholic Church. Yes. Remember that guy? Yes. Yeah. There's nobody that I look at and think, ah, oh, yeah, you'd never do it. Nobody. One of the things that really got me is these, these are pillars of the community, some yeah. of these guys. Yeah. Like, it's not like, I remember the first op and I, expe I expected them all to look like, yeah. you know, no, homeless men or exactly. something. Yeah. And these are, you know, like upstart, yeah. very yeah. put together fathers, yeah. husbands. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, that's always like just shocking. I know. I know. You want them to look like monsters. Right. Because that's what they want you to think. Yeah. And they do I mean, they use that as part of the grooming tactic. Like mm -hmm. you can trust me. I'm going to teach you. And next thing you know, they go into their fantasy world, their dark, deep world, and they're victimizing. And then they move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. Just there's, there's no stopping. You know, there's no, there's no pinnacle that these people reach to think, I, I, I've had, you know, sex with, you know, 35, 14 year olds. I'm done. This right. will never stop. Right. That's why we have to do these operations. And that's why when you put pictures out there and victims see it, they come forward. You're saving them from going yeah. through decades of trauma. You're saving families from being injured. And, and, and it is our duty to do these operations. That's right. That's right. Can you share one or two rescue stories yeah. that have really sort of, you know, there's certain ones mm -hmm. that stick with you, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. So we were going online and again, our, our operators, 
I mean, you're talking, if I may, these are moms and dads and brothers and sisters. They can't unsee the things they see and unhear the things they hear and go back to soccer practice and and go back to do birthday parties after you've been chatting to some freak for four hours. It's hard. But this is what she did. And she chatted up this this guy. And uh, when he posted the picture of the girl that he was selling, she was special needs. She had broken glasses. And Marisol, there was so much tape on her glasses. Like the the scotch tape was so big and she had big puffy red hair and you could just tell she was special needs. And he was pimping her out dozens of times a day. So we ordered her up. We ordered her up and uh, we got a car date. We got there, went to the motel, arrested him. The motel was trashed and she had a hard time understanding what was happening because all she was told is, do this, do this, and hand me this. Right. Over and over and over. And when we rescued her, yeah. it wasn't the fact that this guy was taken from her. It wasn't the fact that we were able to give her uh, a safe place. She lost her emotion when we gave her a new pair of glasses. That's it. It's those, it's those things, you know? You know? It, it's, those, it's those things. I know. You know, I, I went and I did this one... This has nothing to do with us, but I did this one really, really dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I went to the Dominican Republic. And we did a really, really dark yes. stuff for many yeah. days in a row. You know, I'm holding it together. I'm holding mm-hmm. it together. I'm holding it together. And I get back home and now I'm just in shock because right? yes. it's that turn off. I can't right. turn it off. Right. And it takes you know, a couple it's weeks to like be yes. normal. But I didn't cry. I didn't cry. I didn't cry. I didn't cry until the operators called me mm. and told me that they got these 27 girls out yeah. and then yeah. like yeah. it's just so odd what what gets you yeah. do you know what i mean i know i know and it's that un you can't unsee i know you can't unhear yeah but it's it's when you get these guys and you you mm-hmm. put them like you know this mm-hmm. I, I wanted to quit i literally was like maybe i'll quit yeah, acting can. and just do law oh, enforcement yeah. yeah because taking them and getting them off the right. streets was everything I you know. can do something about yeah. it that's the fulfilling yeah. part of being a, a an enforcer, you know, whether you're a, you know, a civilian enforcer in another country or you're a right. law enforcement enforcer, when you protect, I mean, I think humans by nature uh, are built. Some are protectors and some are protectees mm-hmm. and the protectors are fulfilled when they slay the dragon. And when that happens, it's validation. Right. And you're knighted. When we have these cases, when you give, there's another case, I got to tell you. Yeah. Um, we ordered up three girls. They were all posing on a bed. And we could tell by their maturity that physically they were probably not over the age of 16. These are all these tricks that you pick up by just doing this job. And, um, you know, you just learn to look at somebody who's, you know, that age. And, yeah. and our female operator um, could tell. We did some science things behind it. And we realized they were probably under the age of 16. We ordered them up. And it was a male, female predator pimp. Mm-hmm. And so he was raping the three girls. And we call the, the girl, her name, she's what I call the bottom bitch. Mm-hmm. And it's many times a very strong-willed female. And they're more dangerous than the dudes. Right. And, and she was running the show, right? Two of the girls were sisters. And the other was a friend. Mm-hmm. Both sets of parents for all three were either in prison, addicted, all three of them are abandoned. So no one's looking out. Nobody for cares. From Detroit. Right. 15, 14, and 14. This was April of 2020, right when the pandemic hit. April of 2020. We ordered them up right there at Linden and Calkins Road in our county. We got all three girls. We arrested the two, took them to jail, all three of them. 
since January, we did the math based on ads. They had been pimped out, each of them, 400 times. All three of them had STDs. When someone is raping somebody, they don't care if they're gentle. Right. The more violent they are, the more of a fantasy they're living. So you're talking somebody's been, been either orally or, or, or penetrated otherwise 400 times in four months. That's not even normal in a healthy relationship, right? Somebody's need surgery. 100%. They need surgery. Yes. So we were able to take these girls. Now, here's the thing is by the time we're able to rescue them, this isn't a, oh my gosh, my rescue is here. The, they are so, it's called the Stockholm theory. It, it, many times they, they, they start to justify what's happening. They start to feel like this is, this is what I'm supposed to do at 15 and 14 and 14, They're right? They're broken. Exactly. They know no different. We rescued them, brought them in. We're getting them their medical treatment. We have a whole system in place. And uh, one of our operators saw that there's, there's an opportunity here in one of the three, because there's always an alpha dog in any group, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she went and she got a teddy bear and gave it to the alpha dog girl. And the others looked at it and they could tell that if she got one, what would the other two? And as soon as we gave all three, 15, 14, and 14, as soon as we gave them that stuffed teddy bear, you wouldn't think a teenager would want that, right? They grabbed onto them like this and they completely transformed. And during their victim interviews, all three of them independently said they were being trafficked from Toledo to Grand Rapids to Detroit to Flint. Toledo, Grand Rapids, Detroit to Flint. And every night, the bottom bitch would tell them, you're going home tomorrow. Oh. And tomorrow never came. The mind, mm-hmm. what that does to mm-hmm. a human being. Mm-hmm. We got them into aftercare. The case lasts, uh, you know, a year. And uh, we were with them all the time. And I assigned somebody. And that aftercare is a hundred miles from where they were rescued. Right. Uh, and, and sometimes they go back. Sometimes they commit suicide. Sometimes they become addicted. Sometimes you can rescue. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm also a licensed paramedic. I've been a medic since I was 20. I've saved a lot of people, babies, moms, dads, old people, but I have lost thousands of people before me. I can't, I can't predict who's going to live and die. I just pour my heart into it. And sometimes people come back from the dead and I give moms or babies back. But when it comes to trafficking, I I don't know if I could save everybody, but I'm acting like it. And thank God you are. I'm not the only one. You are. I know. No, not like you. Not like you. I want to give a giant thank you to Sheriff Chris Swanson for joining me this week. And we had so much to talk about, we couldn't pack it into just one episode. So I am excited to continue the conversation in the next episode. And I do hope you will tune in. And remember, if you are enjoying the podcast, please hit the subscribe button. And also visit us at www.slaveryfreeworld.org. And feel free to leave your comments and questions, as we really do want to hear from you. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you.